1: No purchase necessary void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: Six Feet Under, Season 2, Episode 8. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's over, but we're just getting started here on post show recaps. That's right, you already know we're doing this thing. Episode by episode re-watching the show. My name is Ariel, and I am joined by the person who always gets the swirl and the dip just right. It's Amanda. What's up, Amanda?
2: Oh, thank you so much for noticing Ariel. And I did want to let you know not to worry. I brought my own yam. <laughs>
5: it's just the one yam. You're so selfless. <laughs> I appreciate it. I feel like one am be- I crazy? Two, be- two people can't eat off one yam, right? Like not every I guess. Not every bit. I,
2: n- I guess you want to have one yam per person in case everybody wants their own yam, but right. inevitably you will have a half yam guest.
5: Right, because then sometimes people get yammed out, and then they're not going to mm-hmm. actually go back for seconds to the yams.
2: Did um, Did Taylor and Keith have yams?
5: I don't know. They had a what looked like a very skinny turkey <laughs> to Taylor. That was Ooh, very have you, funny. Have
2: you ever had a Christmas goose, Ariel?
5: I I'm certain I'm. Suddenly remembering um, the end of a Christmas story that was probably like mm. a duck though that they had. Uh, have I ever had one? Yes, around Christmas time. No, but mm. I've had I have had a lovely several lovely ducks.
2: That well, was... ducks are different than than geese.
5: Than geese, right? Imagine I had said that right. Uh, <laughs> I don't. No, I just really like a Christmas story. This episode really put me in the mood. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever had goose. Now that I think about it, um, what about you? Have you had one this skinny? I feel like this is like body. No, skinny. they are
2: skinny looking. Like they, they're yeah. not like as plump this, as. This the, like- goose
5: is not on, uh, you know, Wegovy or uh, you know any of those injections. <laughs> no,
2: you know, no. Goose um, face. I think I had goose once, and it's not. I think it's like the least delicious of the bird meats, Ariel. I would definitely a little too put gamey. A little too gamey. A little bit lean. Like I, I know that some people like a poo-poo turkey. Like they don't think the turkey is that good. I actually think that I make an excellent turkey. But the goose is a little is a little bit gamey. I would prefer a chicken or a duck or a turkey.
5: Yeah, the turkey, you have to actually put an effort in in order for it Mm. to achieve flavor. Mm
2: -hmm. And
5: that is not the turkey's fault, although I kind of blame the turkey. Um, Mm -hmm. But I believe you. I know you make a mean many things. There was like a pasta
2: dish that we talked Mm -hmm. about before. Yeah.
5: Uh, But that's not
2: what we're here to talk about, Ariel. (laughs) That's what
5: I'm here to talk about. Uh, (laughs) No, we're here to talk about Christmas time. This felt like an episode of like... Grey's Anatomy or like a classic, uh, you know, old uh, broadcast show in the sense of like every character gets like a little bit of their own Mm -hmm. holiday experience. Mm -hmm. We get some flashbacks. I I really I dig a themed or a holiday episode of TV.
2: Yeah, I would wish it it would have been really nice if this lined up and we were like in the Christmas spirit. You know, I felt like a little bit like I just I've moved past all of the holiday stuff i wasn't quite ready to jump back into it even it's christmas hard. in la you know right. like was yeah. it which it doesn't feel quite like christmas anyway but this was a big you know this i it it it, it took me a beat to realize that christmas is also the anniversary of nate fisher senior's death so that yeah. made it like a really very special episode almost like felt like it could have served as a season finale
5: for sure. It definitely felt like something that we've been like working towards and building towards as far as a lot of things that happen in this episode. And we've called this out before. I know we brought it up at some point, the way like the Fisher dinners mm. uh, are kind of like markers in time and they don't do them too often. And usually there's like a lot of importance stuff happening around us. And I think for a lot of characters that bears out being true. Uh, it's it's crazy that it's only been a year because I feel like we've feels
2: like it's been twenty, right? <laughs>
5: right. <laughs> Why are you so mean? Uh, so much has happened to these people, mm. just like it would in real life, I guess, right? To uh, in one year since we first met them, and I love the symmetry that we got in some of these scenes when we when we, uh, when we get to it. It'll be really fun to dissect like each character's uh, flashbacks, but like scenes that we got in the pilot that we kind of got the other side of or the other mm-hmm. uh, emotional conditions of was, was really, really interesting for me. Yeah. Um, okay, so let us get to where we want to go. We're going to go take the quick plot recap train. This episode it's the most wonderful time of the year written by Alan Taylor. Uh, excuse me, directed by Alan Taylor, written by Alan Ball, two Alans. Uh, So here we go. It's not the most wonderful time of the year when Santa dies in a motorcycle accident and in front of children, I will add. That's like the extra tough beat. Uh, But it's a holiday which can only mean one thing. Fisher family dinner party. Everyone and their partners are invited, even reluctantly. It's wonderful. Queen Ruth wears her Fruit of the Loom control top briefs that she gets for 3 for $15 at Target. Even for back then, this seems expensive.
2: It does seem expensive. I
5: thought the same thing. I was like, this is not Target prices that I've been told about. Uh, thankfully, she's a bargain shopper because she's footing the bill for Nikolai's broken legs that happened from a robbery. I have so many questions about this. Uh, and I think the show wants us to. Meanwhile, uh, we're going to recap Brenda's actions like we do every week by saying she's the worst, according to Jess. And that continues to be true. She's busy getting frisky in a retail store with a random stranger. I worked retail. I can't wait to talk about this. This happened to me, to be clear. Uh, Nate, meanwhile, is reminding her that it's their one year anniversary, just like Amanda was talking about. And Brenda gets a big surprise when she arrives at her mother's Christmas party, Christmas Eve party with Nate, to see that her brother, Billy, is there. This is wild. Billy is living with Brenda's mom now and seems to be doing a lot better in quotes. Uh, I feel like the haircut helps. Uh, And of course that freaks Brenda out. Nate is forced to tell Brenda about his AVM diagnosis when he has a seizure mid coitus. This was wild. So much happened this episode. Keith and David are back together. Yeah, uh, but Keith is still struggling from PTSD even though he's fine and he does not want to talk about it. Mm. This is just something that comes with his job. Unfortunately. Uh, and he's trying to be a parent to Taylor, which is obviously throwing him for a loop. Taylor's mom shows up at the last minute on uh, Christmas proper, Christmas day. So yeah, I'm sure there's, there's a lot that's gonna go down there. I, I believe, if I do say so myself, that Keith will have an opinion about this.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Meanwhile, Claire is seeing Toby, who's- Boring. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't appreciate Claire's teenagery way of crapping on everything. Yeah, neither did her guidance counselor before he accused them of having uh, feelings for each other. Oh, and Claire has also been emailing Billy
2: and instant messaging with him AOL on instant name. messenger
5: AIM before it was AIM. Uh, so certainly nothing can go wrong there. Nate has opinions about that. Rico's Christmas ends with a punch to the face. I would say several, courtesy of Ramon when he tells Vanessa, who then tells Ramon's wife about what Rico saw last episode. And all of the Fishers and Rico have their, uh, relive their last interactions with Nathan- Nathaniel Sr. The fast- flashbacks that I mentioned earlier um, as it's Christmas again. So that's the episode. Wow. Excellent like job, so Ariel. To to. There's Thank so
2: you. much to get to. There's so much to get to. Um, where do you want to start?
5: uh i always want to start at the beginning because i'm a cheater this was like pretty this was pretty brutal for for santa uh, santa i I know oh yeah for the children especially
2: yeah one of um in the discord six feet under discord still popping and by that i mean occasionally people are writing (laughs) sending messages along with their rewatches which is really fun Keep it up. Um, but somebody asked how I would have handled it if my children witnessed Santa dying on a motorcycle. And what I would have done is I would have used it as a teachable moment to yes. reinforce the message that motorcycles are not safe.
5: <laughs> this is, a t- I was going to say this is an opportunity in a different sense, but I like that we're finding dual layers in this opportunity. Yes. Because- I feel like it's an opportunity to just rip the Band-Aid off. You know, you know what? Mm -hmm. You saw Santa die. Now you get the insider adult information that Santa's not real. So like, you know, you were going to find out eventually, at least we can fold it into this traumatic experience. And it's just part of the process that you have to work through. I appreciate that.
2: Yeah. Emily was the one who asked this question. And I'll say like, as I'm actually, I'm just like Brenda. We learned in this uh, episode who my father is Jewish. My mother was raised Catholic and we were atheists. So, I come with that background and I am raising my children to, you know, be aware of different faiths, but, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily raising them in a specific faith. Right. And one thing that I have been very clear about from day one is that there is no Santa. Santa isn't real. Your parents buy you your Christmas gifts. Other kids believe in Santa and that's okay and we don't have to be a jerk about it, right. but we don't believe in Santa. And the funny thing about this, like if you're afraid that your kids will get disillusioned and stop believing in Santa one day, do what I did. Because my kids then went to preschool and saw pictures of their friends with mall Santas and were like, mom, you idiot idiot. Santa is real. Jacob has a picture with him. I saw a picture of Santa. It's like
5: reverse psychology. It's then. Reverse. They're
2: like, you were misinformed.
5: Yes, you're right. You should trust your friend who has <laughs> who is only like five years old, just like you. That's a great, yes. that's, a great that's actually really lovely.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
5: because then they believe it even deeper,
2: Right. right?
5: They feel it more keenly that they're like, wow, my mom, like, was wrong, and this is something that I'm learning about the world. And they're so
2: excited to come home and be like, "Mom, I just got this breaking information. It's breaking photographic evidence.
5: Yes, it's breaking breaking news. Um, I feel like we can talk. I mean, what's the most important thing? I feel like we either do Nate and Brendel first or last. I feel like that's the that's the big uh
2: yeah. Well, the let's 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 like uh, let's rip the Band-Aid off like this episode, <laughs> um, yeah, this 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 episode like is finally the culmination of Nate, you know, dealing with this AVM secretly all of this time, not sharing with Brenda um, until he absolutely has to because he has a seizure mid coitus, which must be like incredibly terrifying for everybody involved. Um,
5: yeah, it was really scary to see Brenda go through that. Like finally a human moment for Brenda.
2: <laughs> well, it felt like Ariel, I'd be interested to hear what you think because it felt like they kind of yada yada this whole big moment. Like, I don't know if the show gave it enough time to breathe. Like he shares this with Brenda. She's like immediately like very supportive and, um, you know, empathetic to him. Like it's really seems to be a positive response, like by as much as we've seen. Um, But for all the buildup, this felt like something that was a little bit rushed in the telling.
5: Yeah, I feel like um, overall the Nate and Brenda stuff this episode, I didn't really have a problem with that piece of it but i think you're getting at something that i was feeling which was like their all their interactions felt a felt a little bit off mm. and i think the idea that like maybe they were rushing through some things probably rings true because there was a way in which and you and i have talked about this before like s- it becomes so obvious sometimes when someone's interaction is going to turn into like one of those hallucinations or like Mm -hmm. imagined moments that like they snap out of. And then Mm -hmm. you guys realize there were a few moments of dialogue from Brenda, especially that I could have sworn were going to be make believe. Yeah. And then they just kept going. And I was like, wait, this feels like very melodramatic. Like, and, and I guess the generous read would be, that that they have, like, so much tension in their relationship that, like, a lot of things won't feel authentic because mm-hmm. they're at a disconnect. But I feel like that is generous, like I said. And there's just something about their communication across the episode, really, and across a lot of the things that they were doing that felt a little not as real, quote-unquote, to these characters that we have come to know as... Um, As some of the others, because I think there were some great moments with with other characters before whatever reason, this was just not quite working between the two of them.
2: Yeah, there's a couple of um, instances in this episode where other characters will remark on Nate and Brenda, like Melissa, you know, will say when Brenda is like, you know, Brenda loves coming home and dishing to Melissa about all of like the secret sexy things she's doing with strangers. It's her Uh, favorite. Yeah, yeah. That's (laughs) her favorite time of the day. (laughs) And Melissa is like very much just kind of humoring her, even though she's acting very cringe. Um, And Melissa reflects like, oh, maybe you're having second thoughts about getting married to Nate Um, to which Brenda's like, oh, no, no, this is just like biological drive. I'm sampling like the evolutionary buffet of suitors Uh before I settle down.
5: Yeah, she's always so quick to come with that like psychological, I mean, not mumbo jumbo, but I think the way that she wields it, it certainly Mm -hmm. makes it a lot of crap. And I think it's You know, we've seen her do that a million times, so that isn't new. But, like, the idea that Melissa just has, like, the most reasonable response to all of this. Like, she's heard, to your point, she's heard so many things that Brenda has been doing recently. And she's kind of like, okay, if I'm putting, like, 17 and 12 together, because that's how many, like, instances there have been, (laughs) then that's going to equal a number that means that, sounds like maybe you're not really interested in Nate. And Brenda's like, oh, my God, no, that's not even, like how dare you even say that, but also probably anticipating that that's what Melissa's is gonna gonna say. There were moments where I was just like, again, the dialogue. And then I'm thinking like, I can't, I don't know how much I can trust Brenda when she's mm-hmm. saying, and that's not really new, but yeah. when she's saying certain things to certain people, especially in this episode, because I can't tell if it's, if she's lying or not, it's, it's, she's never boring.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think Melissa is noticing that Brenda's behavior is, like, inconsistent with somebody who is, like, happily and knowingly and in a healthy way, like, pursuing this engagement and marriage with this man. And Mm -hmm. then – Billy will later you know make this comment like I love it when people who really should get married <laughs> do and it's uh-huh. just like this great moment of like everybody just kind of like swallowing their tongue and being like Ew. like these are two people who are careening into a disaster.
5: Yeah, like maybe if I, as Billy, maybe if I say the thing I'm supposed to say, it'll sound genuine. Like it'll sound like, I mean, it. it's like, wow, the joy of love. It's crazy. No,
2: I love that. This is like my favorite thing. My favorite um, defense mechanism is sublimation where it's like you say the opposite of what you think when you're just like, like, oh, wow, like I'm really lucky to like work with somebody as great as you to like somebody not I would never say that to you Ariel because I do (laughs) genuinely mean that with all my heart but when you say like the opposite of what you mean and it's Uh like it just feels so delicious to like have that inside joke with yourself and also like maybe on some level like the person who hears it is like oh did they mean that or did they that mean
5: that? yeah i think you know this about me that sometimes i try to do that and it doesn't always come across i'm like okay maybe i didn't pass the test um, i yeah I, I think it's it's so interesting their their dynamics i think the thing that that did really work for me was the way because I had been thinking in my head of like I know that Billy is supposed to come back at some point I just remember him coming back at some point in the show so I'm like I don't know how soon that's going to be is he going to stay off the whole season I was kind of thinking about this a few weeks ago and then I was like you know what it doesn't matter The show will like deploy it wonderfully and it'll be such a great moment they it's like when they wait and they wait and they wait and then they just put it at like the perfect time Mm -hmm. when it's the last thing that you're expecting brenda has set it up to be that it's like you know another like you know young lover that her mom has taken Mm -hmm. this special guest and then for it to be billy it's like oh my god that's so more interesting to me and to and to watch these characters go through this it's It's wild and it's more. I I do think one thing that does work uh, with Brenda also is like she's she's being melodramatic, but like the idea that Billy would be super, super triggering, I think is kind of like valid and interesting.
2: Right, right. And it's, yeah, and I agree with you that it works because. It's surprising. It like surprised me when we see him pop up. But then the second that he's there, you're like, oh, of course he's there. And of course, it's now when like they're engaged and like it's moving forward. Um, So that was really satisfying. Um, But then, you know, we see this like dynamic once again where brenda is like oh no anything but billy back in my life but also like oh why isn't billy emailing me like why is it like i'm not gonna do this again but please make me do this again like she's immediately engaging in this and like nate is also obviously like very ambivalent that billy is back but is able to say like okay well maybe he is in a better place like maybe he is medicated um and then you know but very appropriately once he finds out that his sister is potentially involved the Mm. like alarm bells go off
5: yeah and he does not like what he and this this in particular the fact that he's like yelling at her to control billy i was like damn this actually kind of must be pretty triggering for her to like have someone really upset with her and it comes down to like her having to handle Billy or take care of Billy in some way um i think is awful like not that she's been the greatest person recently but again like these things don't you know don't exist in a vacuum and you kind of have to deal with situations as they come and hear Nate's being a uh, butthead because there's a way to talk about this where you're yeah. not like yelling at her. And obviously it's, it's escalating and it ends in sex. So that's like positive, but not really. It's like because the, that's, only that's, that's the only way only that they can that they communicate.
2: Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. the scene where they're fighting about Billy, I thought was really good because I did have a lot of empathy for Brenda in this scene because like, She's stressed about her brother being back in her life. Like he tried to, if not kill her, at least maim her in like a very traumatic incident. And she like nobody can control another person. And this feeling of her husband asking her to control her brother is like this sort of triangle of interpersonal conflict that like Brenda has been afraid of letting anybody else in her life because Mm. of this for all of this time. So I did have a lot of empathy for her position at the same time, the way that she reveals that Billy has been talking to Claire is almost goading Nate to have this reaction. Yeah. Like there's a, that as well. There's like a much more mature way of saying like, Oh, I like learned this. And this is a problem that we can both agree is a problem that involves our family. Let's talk about it. But it's more like, Oh, well he emails with Claire all the time. And there's something almost like jealous about it. Like, and we've talked about like the weird, almost romantic jealousy that exists in Billy and Brenda's relationship that, Mm -hmm. you know, part of the reason that she brings this up is because she wants to make trouble for Claire because she's jealous that Claire has Billy's attention in a way that she doesn't have Billy's attention right now. So, um, lots of stuff here and like a lot of richness to draw on that the show has built up and like i love when a multi-season show starts to like cash these checks that mm-hmm. it's earned along the yeah. way um but yeah really interesting scene
5: yeah and the idea that because i think you're you're spot on with the uh, with the jealousy as far as brenda and i think it's like Complicate extra complicated because in that moment she's almost like wanting Nate to have more of a reaction to what she's saying, and he's she's not getting the reaction, so then she's like, Oh, I know it's going to get a reaction like this thing because you're not caring enough or being sympathetic enough or what or empathetic enough, whatever, to what I'm telling you about Billy that he never got back to me and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's pretty fascinating for sure. I think it was their best their best scene or their best pieces the the pre-coitus was a little bit better than the post-coitus um yeah because i agree that then afterwards it's like it does feel very weird in the way that she has but again I, i think that in the way that she has um she's kind of like stroking his head and it seems like she's so there's like a vacant expression on her Mm -hmm. face and the way she has like retreated, possibly again, the generous read being like, you know, Billy and they want her, she, she is so used to having that role for Billy that the idea that like, she almost doesn't get, she doesn't have a chance in this life to not be that person for someone. Mm -hmm. And now this is like another burden for her, Uh, whether she realizes that or not, I think is, is kind of tragic, but the dialogue was a little weird she's like well oh, I'll never yeah like, that's what it felt like
2: um i and i thought that this scene was like a fantasy like i thought that this was not going to be yes. real a real scene yeah. like um but you know there is and and like maybe it's a little bit intentional that the dialogue seems a little bit stilted because like i don't know if jet if brenda really is going to be able to show up in this way that like matches her words in this moment. So like maybe it's a little bit stayed because of that. But I did think that Nate saying like, I didn't want to be a burden like was really heartbreaking because like it is, it's an, it is an interesting facet to Nate. Like he has been pretty independent and like, like he's not somebody who is a burden unlike Billy, unlike, you know, like, and so he's tried to be something very different to Brent. Like he's, he's tried to be, you know, semi-literate f-machine like you know it's like he's Uh, trying to be uncomplicated cool guy um, but he's actually very complicated right now and um, you know he's still grieving his father which we get in this episode he's dealing with his own mortality he's scared to death like he's a little bit deeper than he seems and I think it's really interesting that he tries to present himself like he's like he's a butthead you know
5: yeah and I think it's it's also interesting that he like the tragedy of him driving her away because he's trying not to be a burden and like he feel she feels on some level and she's spoken about it with Melissa that he has like retreated in some way that he's not like in touch with they are not in touch with each other as we know uh in the way that they want to be and feel out of sync with each other and it's because he wasn't trying to be a burden and he turned into this like other thing. I think we can all probably agree that like Brenda would have found a way to, even if he weren't going through this to, you know, poke holes, et cetera, in the relationship. But in this case, I think it's like you said, uh, he's trying his hardest to like go through this thing privately, but God, he should have told her such a long time ago. Not that she made it easy for him, but it just feels like so, so, so overdue that by the time it, it comes it's like how can she not feel betrayed in some way like she does ask yeah. him right away how did you not wh- how, why did not you tell me but um, to your point she seems nice about it but I don't think that's the last we'll hear of that
2: yeah yeah
1: Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
2: it's my little escape
1: now Judy's the life of the party
2: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
1: whoa take it easy Judy Judy <laughs>
0: play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: We end this episode, you know, with with Nate having this conversation with Marilyn, um the wife or lover of the deceased, um yeah. and you know, she's talking about how Jesse always lived life to the fullest. You have to live every day like you might die tomorrow. Nate says sometimes I fool myself into thinking I live my life to the fullest. So, like again, we have like Nate talking to these different prophets and gurus yeah. about death. And this is now he's getting like the biker, perspective. The biker gods, yeah Yes. Um, <laughs> and and she ends up leaving him Jesse's motorcycle, um, which is a very sweet gesture. But then this, this man, this man with a brain condition, who's just had a seizure and shouldn't be operating any vehicle whatsoever, is going to ride his motorcycle without a helmet. I was Livid
5: Ariel. A helmet. I was like, no, not without the helmet. You're gonna fall off the, the whatever point is really he's like highway.
2: he's he's not careful. No, he's
5: free. Right, he, right.
2: He's right. he will like, he be...
5: alive because he might be dead tomorrow. And but kids, him, he... you
2: can enjoy your life in a helmet. It doesn't make uh-huh. it you, it lessen you can still have fun in a helmet practicing most, safety. Most
5: helmets, I agree with you. Most helmets actually don't cover your eyes, like you can like mm-hmm. see past them. It's like the whole point you have to like be able to see the road you
2: do have to be able to see so yeah. like
5: it's cr- it's it, it's like safety that you don't even see it's great it's like you don't even have to look at it how you can't feel the
2: wind this? in your hair Ariel I you guess can, I mean
5: listen that's for some of us that's not a thing but like <laughs> I I think I think that's just that's money in your pocket right it's something you don't mm-hmm. see that's protecting you come on that's what I want that's like that sounds like a guardian <laughs> angel to me um <laughs> But yeah, so generous, this gift. Yeah. And like, I love that it's, you know, it's basically a Christmas present. And also mm-hmm. like a uh, sorry that we stayed like all day on Christmas, like extra bonus payment. Although clearly they were happy to pay whatever. Uh, but there Those was just- bikers,
2: ka-ching, am I right, Ariel? <laughs> <clears throat> uh,
5: David the- saw the
2: dollar signs. Right.
5: They're like, please have this picture painted on the thing and this <laughs> other thing. Yeah. Um, it's wonderful. And Nate really did have to work a lot for that Christmas because David left to go have, you know, time with Keith. And uh it really was and Brenda did not want to be bothered to stay any longer. Yeah. Um,
2: david had to get his special secret birthday uh, christmas presents oh my Keith. god taylor's
5: like gross i am kind of like agreed taylor uh <laughs> is there anything else we have to say about brenda nate about like the dinner i feel like nothing much happens at the dinner especially like more more just uh instances of Ruth ignoring Brenda that's like the thing yeah that,
2: yeah that yeah it's mind. like it was a little bit repetitive in terms of hitting that note like the best thing about the dinner and maybe we can use this to transition to David and Keith is when Keith says grace and then David (laughs) imagines him as an angel.
5: Speaking of guardian angels, is a real life, like...
2: Sexy angel saying grace. David just... He loves church, David. He loves it. David's like,
5: oh my God, he can say grace? Like this was like an eye-opening moment for Mm. David. He was like, wait, he sounds... It it was, like, the perfect blend of, like, he knows this by heart, but it's not rehearsed. He's, Mm -hmm. like, somehow still speaking from uh, us. It was good.
2: When Ruth asked Keith to say grace, I was like, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be a good one. I was
5: like, damn, I immediately go into, like, panic mode for any character because I don't want that to happen to me.
2: Mm, would you so anytime, say, should I have you say grace over the podcast? Ariel? I could do it
5: in Spanish. I Ooh. I would be like really good at it in Spanish. I was actually thinking when I was watching this episode today, I was like, oh, I would have to like in real time translate the one I know in Spanish to Ooh.
2: English. And that'd be the only
5: one that I was comfortable saying. No,
2: say it in Spanish.
5: Oh, that's good. No, too. I really don't, but uh that that's that's uh
2: that's a season finale. That's a season oh my finale. <laughs>
5: You have to earn that, okay? Just yeah, I can. It doesn't mean it's Christmas here. I yet. can
2: like say the Mozi. We could have like a great multicultural <laughs> we'll finale. Read from
5: the, the, the Baja the Haga- Pagina.
2: Pagina.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'll learn to say it. Um, yeah, David's face. I mean, even before, it is, it is so, so funny. You're right when and like how long the camera like sits on keith with like the halo and the angelic robes, it's like so extra and hilarious
2: it was such like an elementary school play of of an angel costume
5: (laughs) the way david's face lights up when keith shows up with taylor it's like simultaneously so stupid and so adorable like it's like i mean to your point it is like a child right and Mm -hmm. Um, he's like, oh my God, you made it. And Ruth is so happy to be like, able to be a hostess to someone in this family because nobody will allow her to like be the way that she kind of wants to be. David is, is is so much face, so much face this episode yeah. giving.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, David's puppy love towards Keith is adorable, but I do feel like the Fishers like universally have terrible taste in romantic partners hmm. because like Keith is such a, like a jerk he's such a sanctimonious jerk to david like i'm glad that he eventually shows up but when david like invites him to christmas dinner he's like oh why are you inviting me last minute he's like oh your mother wants me to come and he's just like fine like don't come i just invited you over for dinner like and then he denies like that he's dealing with any trauma it's um It's just like these are not Yeah, it's I mean, I think that there's moments of like great tenderness and affection between them. And it feels like maybe this relationship is getting back to a good, healthy place. But, you know, there's like a lot of sanctimony coming from Keith
5: yeah and i feel like there was more there was more he found an extra well of sanctimoniousness Mm -hmm. when he had to become taylor's full-time parent all of a Mm -hmm. sudden and like it is it makes sense that he would think that he has to put all that stuff aside like the trauma and the emotions of what he's feeling in order to be like a half decent parent to her even though ironically unfortunately him trying to be a good parent seems to be just him doing what his dad used to do based on him to hear him tell it. And he makes
2: the figgy pudding.
5: It's not great. (laughs) Taylor does not want figgy pudding. No. And she She wants
2: wants a ding dong and to watch (laughs) the
5: Simpsons. She does not want to listen to music or sing along. That's crazy. Um, She wants to watch the Simpsons, I believe, which,
2: you
5: know, they're worse.
2: That was back when it was good, I think.
5: Yeah, it was always good at some point. That's it's like SNL, it was always good, you know. It's so always
2: good to on. whoever it's good to at that right. time,
5: it meets you where you are. <laughs> <laughs> <The> comedy does <laughs> certainly. Um, yeah, this is Keith. Uh, it's not great to watch him be a shitty parent, but now we're gonna have to watch him be sanctimonious to his sister, I guess. Once,
2: yeah, Carla Keith comes up. Carla comes back. This is definitely going to be a whole thing. Of course, Taylor is like over the moon to see her mom. Um, You know, Carla makes a big show of like, I love you so much. I drove all day to be here for Christmas. Um, This is like, I think, probably going to be trouble. Um, This is going to cause a lot of stress for Keith, I'm sure. So we'll just follow that as it, as that story unfolds. Yeah. I mean,
5: how bad could it be, right? it will be fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what could go wrong? I'd really highly doubt that Uh-oh. Keith is going to be like yelling or anything. Or, like, No, no,
2: no. He'll be totally chill.
5: Raise his voice in any way. That could never happen. Um... Do we want to save the the flashbacks to talk about all? Yeah, maybe at we can once? talk about
2: them all at once. Okay,
5: cool, cool, cool. cool. I just want to make sure before we got too far down the yeah down the character list. Um, we get uh Ruth. I guess Should we talk about Ruth or Claire. I feel like Cl- Ruth. There's not really much that much to talk about. It's just like the mystery well, of Nikol- Nikol- what's
2: what is going on with Nick. Okay, here's
5: the, here's the evidence that I have. I'm, mm. I'm like using my brain and like what do we actually know? That's not speculative. Your Mm -hmm. Honor, I present the following evidence. Wow. Um, Very few things. I think it's really only two things. The first thing (laughs) is remember, I had this vague flashback. Remember, like, the numbers are down? Mm-hmm. The figures? The yes, earnings. The quarterly figures yes. were not good. He mm-hmm. yelled at Ruth. He was that very was a...
2: short-tempered last episode. It was
5: so random. It kind of felt mm-hmm. like, whatever, we just need him to be, like, a jerk to Ruth for no reason. He couldn't now, come
2: over for the Abergines, Ariel. He,
5: would, he'd, oh my god, did he get beat with, like, a bag of Abergines? That would be crazy. <laughs> um, and also, so sad, those poor mm-hmm. Um And now yeah now as i'm saying it it makes even more sense than i was like thinking it privately in my head uh now he's like the way she's like oh my god someone robbed you and he was like uh there was a fight like he's like picking his words very carefully and like breaking his leg that's just like very
2: mafia yeah exactly i mean you don't arrive in a situation where both of your legs are broken unless (laughs) there was somebody who was specifically like i'm going to break your legs
5: yeah unless you get me the quarterly earnings that i want
2: yeah, he also says at some point that he like didn't file the police report, like he's putting that off. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I think that there's definitely some funny business here. And I love how we can so innocently speculate about this because we don't remember what happened.
5: Exactly. This is like a, a language that I used to speak mm-hmm. and I'm only remembering it as we go. You like know when you mean? say
2: grace in Spanish. Like when you- <laughs>
5: Like, oh my God, I can do this. It's like when you listen to a song you haven't heard in like 15 years. Mm, like, don't fear the here, reaper. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you wouldn't have been able to speak the lyrics without mm-hmm. the musical accompaniment.
2: Exactly. You're not, you're not a. Isn't that amazing? What unlocks our brains that's like brain that? Brain stuff, it as is. you would know, and that's why you need to wear a helmet
5: because you can't
2: see the helmet
5: and it protects the part of your brain that remembers full song circle, lyrics. Full
2: circle. Full circle. I is, would say the song
5: lyric part of the brain is like one of the most important parts of the hmm. brain. So, like, protect it, please. Um. Yeah, Ruth is not a detective, unlike her daughter, no. who is clearly like, "Wait, what just happened?" Yeah. Uh, so
2: Nikolai's got to live with them for eight weeks.
5: Weeks. This sounds like the worst spring break of all time.
2: He's gonna live with them for eight weeks while he convalesces. Ruth (laughs) is going to care for him. She's paying for all of his medical bills because the man is not insured.
5: No, and you know that the mob or the mafia or whatever does not pay for the medical bills when they break. No, I
2: don't think so. I don't think that's (laughs) that's not part of the deal. (laughs) Um, so this is, I mean
5: I blame the children. Honestly, because if they had given Oh, because they're surly
2: and morose. Morose,
5: Even if Ruth did have a good relationship with them, it wouldn't mean that Nikolai wouldn't have had shady dealings that made his legs get broken. So I retract that. Yeah, Ruth um, has,
2: like, never been so interested in Nikolai as she is now yeah. that he is She's
5: completely... like, oh my god, do you need me? Can you literally not get up without me? Do you need to yell very loudly in the middle of the night to get was my attention? I say, David, I'm, I'm going, going to need
2: well. you to carry Nikolai.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yes, into his wheelchair. So, so funny. She's planning ahead. She's like, look, don't go anywhere with mm-hmm. your little friends, your special friend, Keith, because I need you to- you know why is my friend
2: special is my
5: friend special i ask you ruth why is his friend always special um yeah not great for nikolai eight weeks um i feel like
2: that's yeah that's really that's really most of what's going on with ruth like again she's like very demanding of her children she will, she hates Brenda. She wants Claire to go to mass with her. I love the whole thing of her asking her, asking the the kids like to help decorate the Christmas tree. And Claire's like, but I'm doing the church thing. I'm already
5: doing the church thing. She's like, yes, I can cash in on this immediately. Like I just got assigned this thing. I didn't want to do it, but that still sounds better than this other horrible thing you're asking me to do. That was wonderful child behavior. From Claire.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so Ruth is like being a little bit demanding and unhinged, mm-hmm. but it's also like it is the anniversary of Nate Sr.'s death. And I guess maybe we can just talk about it here and then get back to Claire's storyline. But throughout mm-hmm. the episode, like we see each of the different characters' final moments with Nate Sr. and like, oh, this was like I, I I mean I've I've said it many many times that I am a a sucker for the Nate Senior flashbacks mm-hmm. like I you know I love this actor I love this performance um but you know like I've I've also like been through the death of a parent and like I have those moments where you get to one of those kind of tentpole like life events or an anniversary and you just think about like what would this have been like or what was this like the last time they were there and I do feel like this show you know you said like it does it like it's 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 just been a year but it feels like so much has happened in their lives and it just felt like such a earned moment for the show to take stock in like who these characters were when the show started and where they are now and how they remember their father. And also like, you know, we've seen these fantasies about Nate senior before, like Mm -hmm. what he would have said and what he might've been like. But then I feel like this is one of the few times that we actually just see what seems a little bit more like a straightforward flashback.
4: Mm -hmm. And
2: he's like, not being so let's go with let's start with Nate, like because mm-hmm. I think that's the first one that we see, right? Yes, like, yeah, we get Nate's first. Um, and he says, you know, he asks if Nate's coming. Like, first of all, Nate and Claire are like smoking pot during Thanksgiving, like which it yes. really checks out. Yes, and
5: I love what it says about their relationship mm-hmm. before we met them.
2: Mm-hmm. Like they're not that close, but they kind of like share this in common in this sibling yes. way, and then. Nate Senior comes out because he's going to smoke a cigarette which he's also not supposed to be doing Like, is it well also- okay
5: Here's here's my question because I feel like what's happening here and perhaps I'm overthinking it but like it seems like Nate Senior in the moment sees them he's also smoking pot because he mm. puts out what he he immediately puts it out just like they immediately put theirs out and then he lights his cigarette up so I'm like who who puts out one cigarette? I mean, he could have been done, I guess, right? But, like, I think the reaction... Because then we see him again with Enrico's flashback later on do the same thing where, like, he's pull, putting the weed out. So I was like, is this a thing where Nate and uh, Claire didn't realize that he was also smoking weed and both sides are so busy trying to not get caught that they didn't even realize? And they would smell it in the air, but, like, assume it was from them,
2: that's so I don't funny. know. I thought it
5: was this really interesting thing of like they could have been smoking weed at the same time and not it kind of thing.
2: That's very funny. And we do know from like the, you know, the Hal weekend at Aunt mm-hmm. Sarah's that he did definitely used to partake. Of, he has his
5: little rolling machine.
2: Have a rolling machine. So, I mean, I thought, and then there's like this really nice moment where Nate Sr. asks, Nate Jr. like are you coming like you know how Seattle and he sort of says Mm -hmm. I can't complain and Nate Jr. says me neither not many people can say that and mean it you know I guess we're lucky either that or we've lowered our expectations so much (laughs) that we don't expect anything better and then he laughs like real like he has this irreverent sense of humor and he laughs like in this way that's it's probably both. It's like, he probably is genuinely happy and he's probably also like accepted that there's some things in his life that like, you know, maybe they're not fully optimized and he's at peace with that. Like he Mm -hmm. has this like kind of like knowing sort of Cheshire cat kind of like Mm -hmm. humor about him. Um, But then he has like this like really nice moment where he like, you know, invite like he wants Nate to come back for Christmas. It's, we leave this moment feeling like it's not the kind of judgmental overbearing disappointed father mm-hmm. that maybe Nate has internalized in his head as much as somebody who's like, he's happy with his life. He's glad to hear that his son is happy doing his thing in Seattle and just like come home a couple times a year. It'll make your mother happy. Yeah. It, it's, it's a little bit different than the way that Nate, has expressed his feelings towards his father in the past. And I thought that was really interesting.
5: Yeah. I think for, for the kids, especially, I think that kind of rings true for all three of them of like, we get to see a side to your point. It's like a real memory as opposed to something Mm -hmm. imagined, um, or some pretend conversation that they're having with him after death, which may or may not be really happening. Um, But, like, how much more important each of those moments feels and how much more of, like, his real personality we're getting, I think the way he giggles, like, I think we've seen his personality enough, again, whether true or not, like, to know, like, you're saying his irreverent sense of humor, but, like, the way that him and Nate both giggle when when Nate Sr. says that thing of, like, you know, maybe we've uh, lowered our expectations yeah. so much. I was like, oh, my God, they're both definitely high right now. This is, like, such a, they're the same person with the same name. We're both high. Like, I love this uh, connection. And, and like, the way... and, then,
2: and then I was high when I was watching it. And, and then, we I mean,
5: all... listen, the <laughs> wheel never stops turning. It's just, like, always which spoke are you on? Um, the... The way also, just very quickly to talk about like the framing of the shot, I thought was really interesting where like on the one hand, Nathaniel never, he's always away from the house. Like the way that Nate is remembering that he was standing already outside and then the camera is showing Nate senior from below and like the palm trees are behind him as he talks about being happy in life. And like now the camera's kind of looking down at Nate, who is like stuck in the funeral home, a place that he never wanted to be. And his father was like mm. already on his way out. I don't know. I just thought there was wow. something like really interesting yeah. about that. Um, but uh, yeah, the kindness, I think this is the most important thing and what you're saying. Exactly. The kindness is so heartwarming to yeah. see from him, even if it is heartbreaking, like you're saying to realize that like maybe the relationships are complicated and there are two sides to everything but like Mm. you and I are always talk about like the family units and how everything is much more complicated especially between parents and children and like maybe you haven't like a little bit wrong and the warmth in which he says like take care of yourself son and then Nate says you too dad and like uh he says he can't get him can come get he can't get him or can't take him and like claire thankfully is going to take him to the airport but i just love all of his dealings with his kids it just yeah, I, I love it yeah. so illuminating.
2: the scene with david i thought was like especially Ugh. illuminating because like that's we the know, saddest
5: one for me we know
2: that david has all of this guilt and shame and feelings that he would never have been accepted Mm -hmm. by his father, that his father didn't love him or couldn't have accepted his sexuality. And in this moment, like it's Christmas and Nate senior just wants David to like, relax, like, take a little time off from work, have some eggnog, sit with your pop and tell me what you want for Christmas. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's this sweet moment where, like, you know, the like he says, uh, you know, he... Nate Sr. reminds David when you were little you always wanted to leave milk and cookies for Santa mm-hmm. and you know David remembers and he would say what Santa really needs is a shot and this like very cute little detail of like David sharing like I always thought you meant like a like shot a of penicillin, right, right,
5: right. <laughs> um,
2: which is such like a little kid thing to live in your memory where you're like oh and I misunderstood that yes, and I thought it remember
5: really that, that yeah um, it's um it's incredible and like to see that, that, and it's easy for us to, like, read into it, but, like, we get, first of all, we have another layer to this because we get, like, the Rico has yeah. come to do the work that David is now doing, and Nate Sr. has sent Rico home, and, like, he's like, no, I kind of need to give David the, uh, what does he call it? The, the, the softballs, yeah. The softballs, yeah. And which is hilarious. And he's like helping David do this. And that's why even more reason he's like, sit down, chill. Like you actually have to do, is it like super, super complicated? And like, just, and the way in which he's almost inviting him to be his full self. It's
2: such an olive branch. It's such an and, opportunity. And David cannot, like-
5: he can't even sit with him, let alone like putting aside, coming out to him. He can't even sit with this man because he's so worried about, rejection, whether perceived already or, or worried that more may come. It's just like, Mm -hmm. and for this to be the last memory and David in that moment, I couldn't tell if he was lying or not, because there's a way in which like he could have remembered when he sees the box and like then remembered what his last memory was. But when we asked him early in the episode, do you remember the last time you saw him? He says, no.
2: Yeah. He says he denies that he remembers it. And then he does. And I have to think like on some level that, It's, you know, whether he forgot it and then Mm. and then it came to him or not. It's like he's suppressing this because he knows that it was one of the many missed opportunities he had to like actually be with his dad while his dad was alive. So that was like a particularly tragic one. Um, The moment that Claire has with him was (sighs) like
5: my favorite as (laughs) usual. Anything involving Claire. This is my favorite one.
2: I mean, I love, like, I love sweet father-daughter moments, you know, like, because, you know, like, I don't know, I just having those memories, like, of my own
0: dad and the way
2: he's, like, teasing and he's like, oh, well, like, I've always wanted a silk smoking jacket. like And he, like, knows that she's on the phone and he's, Uh like, annoying her and, like, doesn't want her dad in the background. And then, like, the fact that she's we remember now that she was with Gabriel when yes, was burn a little brighter. Yes. And you know, he, you know, he asks like something about like, is this um, like, what is, is this someone
5: says? special? Is this
2: someone special? And, and when she says like, he's not really, no.
5: she says his name is Gabriel because he asked the name and she's mm-hmm. like, nah, his name is Gabriel and uh, he's not that special. And mm-hmm. then he says, oh, well, then you shouldn't be wasting your time with him. You deserve deserve someone special. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Like what an effing gift. For (laughs) this to be, like, I'm sorry. Like for this to be her last moment, she is so incredibly lucky (laughs) like to to have received such a authentic and wholesome wish from your parent. Like the chances of this being your last interaction are like crazy. And I love, there's a way in which, like you already said it about Nate, but there's a way in which she rightfully, rightfully feels like she has missed out on so much of her family because of the history. She literally just wasn't around for a lot of things. She did not exist. And there's nothing, there's no getting around that as the younger child. I I know a little bit of how that feels. I'm I'm much closer to my brother in age, but like, there is this idea of like, there's a whole family
2: lore of the whole family lore before me
5: that like, not even that it sucks that it doesn't include me, but I just feel like it's, it's unknowable to me in this fundamental way. And for her, for her, she feels that keenly, obviously because her brothers are so much older. And then like, she feels to hear her talk about her relationship with her dad. Like she feels like she didn't really know him, but in some ways she knew him the best. Like this was the best version of him. This was the version of him that like, was himself seemingly she's, like he, she's he unencumbered like
2: he's, of like the baggage that like yeah, and David's she had half, the mo-
5: yeah. she had like the most chance to like really get to know him and the way he felt so comfortable showing himself. I love this. I love Claire. You are we both love Claire mm-hmm. so much and like for this to be her moment. It wasn't super long, but it was just like so incredible. And the fact that he called out Gabriel immediately. He
2: knew, was like, he you know, but that's that's
5: a bit of that.
2: But that's a tragedy of this moment is that, yeah. like, he hasn't been there for her to help, like, guide her through yeah. these, like, decisions in her life. Like, if she had come home and said, like, instead of going to Nate, going All to All she her- has is Ruth. Oh, All she has is Ruth. Like that there is this tragedy that like she's missing out on this wisdom and this guidance and like this, just, yeah. just a trusted, safe person, mm-hmm. right? Like that she's not, that she's missing out on that. And now she's in this relationship pattern where she's only attracted to psychopaths. So, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> there is like still a tragedy even though it's such a sweet moment because it's like, that's what she's lost.
5: Right. No, I think you're absolutely hundred percent spot on with that. Which just adds to like, oh, now I missed that too. Like I already missed so much of like Mm -hmm. my family's lore and now I'm missing all this time with my dad because he freaking died. I love also to the point about like how tender he is with Nate and David. Mm -hmm. Here at the end, he's like, and we, you and I just talked about this a little bit in comparing him to Ruth and the way they parent or don't parent really, um, where he says to her, he's like, could you please try to be home for dinner? It's rare that we have everyone together. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that he understands the importance of that almost in spite of everyone, including his own maybe awkwardness or disinterest in some of the energy exchange that might happen at that. He knows, he's like, we're not going to have a lot of these moments where we're all together. So like, Please try to make an effort. And he's kind about it. He's like, listen, I know you have other things, but like, please try to prioritize this. And he's so reasonable, unlike Ruth. I just thought it was so lovely the way he like, treats his children like adults, but still tries to like, you know, guide them in the quote unquote correct
2: way. It paints the picture of this puzzle piece that like made the family work that held the family together. together. He understood enough what Ruth needed. Mm -hmm. He understood enough, like what his children needed. He could mitigate Ruth's neediness with his generosity. It was like, it, yeah. it, and and maybe it would feel that way if any of them were the one that was lost but like yeah. with him it like paints this picture of how crucial he was to making this like a functioning family unit and of course it feels that way so acutely when it's a holiday yeah, and, right. and instead of Nate Senior we have like Nikolai hopped up on Perkadan, like crying <laughs> at the head of the table.
5: He um, warned Ruth. He was like the bills they make me crazy. That's what I was like I didn't hold it against him because he tried to tell you
2: yeah rico has his moment and rico of course we see like that that nate senior was a good boss like he was like generous and appreciative and like cared about rico's like personal life and so it paints a picture it's like okay Rico's being loyal to these jerks because Because he like has this affinity towards nate senior
5: because of his dad this is something that i had never thought about before of like the way in which Your mileage may vary on like how much Rico is like a sibling to the Fisher sons, but like I think it's undeniable based on their relationship when we little we know that like Rico was kind of like another child for Nate Sr. So, like, at least the way he treated Rico, regardless of everything else, he was like a fourth child. And I love that, like, he gets his own, of course, in addition to Ruth, he gets his own flashback. And I was like, oh, my God, this... Makes so much sense that he is kind of like the bastard stepchild in a yeah. way and is treated as such by his quote unquote not really brothers. It's fascinating.
2: And it's interesting, like the whole Fisher and sons, and then Rico is actually the backbone of that yes, as like yeah. the oh, other son. Um, sons, no yeah, daughter.
5: Ru- thank God for Ru-
2: Claire. <laughs> Ruth gets her moment too and I did like how this show kind of builds this anticipation because then you're like oh wait Ruth hasn't had her moment yet
5: I Um, totally forgot I'm so selfish when it comes to Ruth because I was like oh my god Ruth gets a moment like it hadn't even occurred to me that (laughs) Ruth would get one I was
2: waiting for it and we had actually like seen this is this is a scene that we had sort of seen in the pilot episode is the scene of Nate Sr. leaving and taking the crew to Tay, and it's like this gives us more of it, I think. I didn't yeah, go back and watch on the, it. On the front
5: side. I meant to go back because it definitely seems like I've forgotten that piece of it. But it seemed like that's what she threw on the floor, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly, like that crudité thing. She also uh,
2: threw a roast on the floor. I, I remember me, because I was, like, I was like, that's I was like, that was like, oh good. my god, if it was the crudité, it was like
5: the last thing that he touched. So it's even more unthinkable that mm-hmm. he's gone because he was just standing here, right? Essentially, like. A few minutes ago, I will say also. I should say this before I I forget. There's a way in which Gabriel like saved Claire's life because she almost went to get Nate with but don't Nate you think, senior. But don't you
2: also think though that if Claire he was would in be the more car, careful, it wouldn't have happened? Like because yeah, doesn't he bend down to get his like he wouldn't? Yeah, have yeah. Not, you're court. right. It
5: probably wouldn't yeah. have happened the same way. And he certainly, as a parent, so I
2: Gabriel can... actually killed Nate. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Wow. As usual, Gabriel <laughs> continues to actually be the worst. I'm yeah. sorry, Brenda. You're the second worst.
2: The second worst. Um, no, I thought that this was like a sweet reminiscence of Ruth and Nate Sr. Because like there's a way that it's Ruth being like very fussy and overbearing about messing up the swirl in mm-hmm. the dip. But then there's also like this kind of sweet playfulness where then she like takes another piece of celery and like sticks it in his mouth. And it's like, and it's like, there's a way that he must have balanced her neuroticism out.
5: Your puzzle piece point is so spot on, I think in this, for this part of it, especially with her, because she is the, he is the one that is bringing out the second dip out of her, right? Like that doesn't happen (laughs) after he's gone. That doesn't come, that does she just doesn't do that for anyone. She certainly doesn't do that for herself. Yeah. And, which is sad, but like the idea that, that he was the thing that swung her a little bit more in that other direction Mm -hmm. is so, so extra, extra sad in a a sea of sad things Mm -hmm. about not having him around anymore. And then Um, she's
2: the one who cries. Like we don't see. She's the one who
5: cries. She gets a very, very real and honest earned cry scene in a way that like Brenda crying. I was like, Oh God, what's this? What's this? What's this thing? But the Ruth Ruth. So, so lovely. And like, there's something beautiful about Frances Conrad crying.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She does such a great job as Ruth. So I feel like that was the emotional crescendo of the episode, but we still have two other things that I want to hit on. Do it. And hit them. like Vanessa girl, what were you thinking? First of all,
5: her reaction at finding out, she was like, "Oh my god, that's disgusting." And to be clear, I am, I am, I am making the distinction between like him being gay and him like lying to his to wife his family, and children. Yeah. That's like those are two different things. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that are like making this whole thing yes. much more complicated. Yeah. But like, I think for sure there's a way in which she clearly feels the same way about Ramon's yeah. sexual preferences that Rico does, um, but just going to tell Ramon's wife and then of course once Ramon shows up to literally punch Rico in the face several times um she comes in to intervene because it's her fault yeah
2: and it and like this is like a catty move on Vanessa's part like so first of all like Rico probably shouldn't have told Vanessa but Vanessa is like like shaming him for not—he was like,
5: tired of it. Yeah, like he
2: was tired of taking her, 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 like her nagging. Okay, so he tells her, but it's like you don't break that trust, Vanessa. And like the reason that she says it is because she was sick of Ramon's wife like bragging about stuff, and she wanted yeah. to take her down a peg. It's this was bad. This was bad luck for <laughs> Vanessa. I'm sorry. Bad we like look. we normally. We stand, Vanessa. But this was very bad no. luck.
5: This was her worst episode by far.
2: <laughs> for Vanessa, it was really bad.
5: This was not great. This was probably even a better episode for Jay Leno because apparently he always sends those oh, flowers, he but he never <laughs> comes. Um, famous biker gang, Jay Leno. Yeah, I boo his at this, Vanessa. Like you, you, you showed your like. I really have never felt her and Rico like more on the same page than I did unfortunately in the problematic ways yeah. in this episode. um, Yeah. It was, it was a bad move on both their parts to tell, to tell who they told in this episode. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so that, that's, that's, that's no good um, in Rico's story. And then Claire's date with Toby. So, okay. Toby, is right when he points out that Claire does like the disaffected cool girl thing. On Sarah uh,
5: already told her
2: of being like, above everything. Yes. yes. Like so that yes, that's Claire's defense mechanism. Like that's what she does. And okay, it's a little bit, it's 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 a little bit tired, it's a little bit adolescent. That's fair. But Toby, you do the same thing about your parents. It's not like your parents Mm. are abusive. They're just hippies. It's not like Claire has this wonderful life (laughs) and you live in this like terrible, abusive, like, it's like you have loving parents too. Mm -hmm. They just like smoke pot and take their shirts off. It's okay. Like he's literally doing the same thing, judging his family, the way that Claire judges her family. And like, she says, like, I can respect you wanting to have this Nickelodeon lifestyle. Yeah. Uh-huh. But like, I can't respect you acting all superior about it. Like, he's being completely insufferable about this. Um, and I know that he's 19, so he's had all the major life experiences. But honestly, good riddance, Toby. <laughs> I would be right back in Billy's arms, too. Toby oh, God,
5: Billy. Um, I I feel like he's... Yeah, I agree with you. He's doing the same thing. Like in in his uh, small, small, slight defense, he is like watching Claire do it to his mom, like in real time. And there's Mm -hmm. something that just feels extra cruel about doing that in front of someone. Like do that in private to your parent, whatever, be a monster. But like do that in front of somebody else. It's like, you're making a choice to do that. Um, And It's kind of like when David doesn't even say thank you to his mom, like, no, I'm not going to come for dinner. Like the fact that like your mom is inconveniencing you by asking you like a question, even if it is kind of pointed and, uh, annoying, it's still better than when Brenda's mom tells her, oh, you look like shit. What's wrong? (laughs) Like she doesn't know how good she has it. Um... And I think it he just goes, over, he, he's being a butthead in that he goes about it the wrong way. There is the right way to be like, Claire, you know what? For as much as you want to be like mansplaining to her about how she should feel about her life, that's your choice. But there is still like the civil, polite way of doing it, of like trying yeah. to show her a different perspective as opposed to like, you know, picking her life apart in a way or, yeah. or whatever
2: yeah so i mean claire and toby this was not a relationship that was long for this world listen
5: you're a what does he say last episode he's like listen you're a fox i'm happy to yeah, report you're i'm, fox. Not I'm happy you. to
2: report <laughs> fox report <Right>. <laughs>
5: you lost me you lost me there <laughs> um yeah claire yeah she ended up at the meth party her her uh her flashback was still sweet somehow mm-hmm. even though it had so much gabriel um, but who knows? Maybe her and Toby will end up together. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I've had enough Toby. I've had enough Toby personally. But, um, yeah, that was, that was our very Fisher Christmas, Ariel.
5: What a time. Like our first one
2: mm-hmm.
5: post the, we're just like all of them. This was our first real Christmas, uh, on the show mm-hmm. after Nathaniel died. And we felt it right along all of them. What a time. What yeah, would you like to be
2: party. at a biker funeral on Christmas Day? Uh, not if I had
5: to be like Nate wearing that suit, but like uh, they
2: had In N Out Burger. Here. They were playing. Oh my God. Yes. You
5: reminded me when they said the In and Out trucks here, I was like, damn. Okay. I would go. Like, I did have questions about like, how does that work? Cause like they don't, I don't know if they do catering, maybe just not mm-hmm. anymore. They like, played the talking read. with T
2: Bird theme song. They- <laughs>
5: There were so many cool things at the wedding, like not the whiskey. I feel like drinking like Jack Daniels out of the bottle will get old really quick. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, some of those songs, you know,
2: yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned
5: the T Bird one already, but like Blue
2: Oyster Cult, yeah. I don't know.
5: This bird, she cannot change. That's what. That's what. That's what I was gonna do. Your intro. As
2: oh, you were gonna sing like the. No, I probably wouldn't have sang.
5: Song. I I would have tried. I would have like thought you about were it. Sing it but in then, Spanish. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just
5: easier in spanish i feel more confident Ah, yeah yeah but yeah, I guess we'll have to take down. We can take down uh, this old picture of Billy, which I agree with him is ghoulish. Oh, ghoulish! And put up a yeah. new one for next episode, maybe.
2: Okay, I will. I promise by the next episode, uh, the audience can't see me because this is an audio <laughs> only medium. But I do have a giant picture of Jeremy Sisto behind me, and I will replace it with an updated
5: picture. Oh God, the long hair! I can't. When he said ghoulish, I'm a sucker. I will just say this: I'm a sucker. You for like the, the, the word short ghoulish. hair.
2: I like the long hair. I do. I like
5: the long hair when it looks cleaner than it ever did. <laughs> I,
2: don't, I don't need it to look that clean. I'm
5: That's okay. fine. Listen, I respect. I respect all hair lengths and conditions <laughs> and lack of conditions.
2: Put a helmet on over it, See, it's and dry. then
5: it's going to like air dry, and the thing—it's a wonderful one. It keeps you safe and it treats your hair. Come on, what? How many more reasons can we come up with to wear helmets? I don't
2: know. Ariel. You and I will be back next week mm-hmm. to talk about season two, episode nine of Six Feet Under. Someone else's eyes.
5: <gasps> Whose? I,
2: I don't know. I literally <laughs> don't know. But we'll 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 find out about it we'll find um, out together. Yeah. So just you know, a little bit of housekeeping buried here over an hour into the podcast. Um, uh-huh. If you're a, one of our listeners, you might know that Post Show Recaps is closing its doors um ariel and i are going to continue talking about six feet under through the end of episode two of season two after that who knows? We don't know. No one knows. But give us feedback about what you would like us to do. And we will consider this. Like we're still trying to figure out the next step. But we will at yeah. least be here through the end of episode two. Sure. Um, and I keep on saying episode season. when I mean it's season. It's epi-
5: season two, episode 12 or 13. Episode 13.
2: Yeah. Episode 13. So we have a 13 episode season. We yes. will take you through All of that, and then we will make any announcements about the future when the time for that comes. Um, But in the meantime, Ariel, where can everybody keep up with you and what else are you doing?
5: We will use the platform. Uh, I am, let's see, I was on full spoiler recaps last week. We did Breakpoint, which was a fun tennis thing on Netflix documentary style. Uh, Let's see, I'm covering movies every week with the aforementioned Grace. Well, we mentioned Grace as far as Keith. and
2: We uh, mentioned Grace when Ariel said it in Spanish.
5: (laughs) (laughs) But the real Grace, Grace Leader, the corporeal Grace, Grace Leader, uh, covering movies every week, Portrait Recaps Theater, really excited about covering Dune either late this week. We're hoping for late this week. uh, Covering Masters of the Air, the Apple TV Plus show with DM Philly, a.k.a. Rich. And I think that's everything. I'm on Twitter at that other Ariel. Amanda, what about you?
2: I am on Twitter at Dr. Amanda R. You know, Grace and I finished our coverage of True Detective Night Country last week. So if you're interested, you can still check that out. I'll be popping up on a few other PSR episodes in the coming weeks. And you can always keep up with all of that by following me on social media. And of course, Ariel and I will be back next week talking about season two, episode nine of Six Feet Under Someone Else's Eyes. And until then, dear listeners, rest in peace.